Hello and welcome to Conscious Living with Monica, the podcast that joins together the world of wellness, business and the environment with the vision that we can all live more conscious and fulfilled lives. I'm your host, Monica Hohey. I'm a psychotherapist, a female entrepreneur and founder of the Conscious Living Working Conference. I'm passionate about conscious living and I believe we can all play a part in rebalancing our lives, our work and the environment. This podcast follows on from the conversations that were started at the Conscious Living and Working Conference in Dublin in September last year. At the conference, I gathered speakers and thinkers from the worlds of wellness, business and the environment, all with a view to promoting a more joined up thinking around our health, taking care of ourselves and the planet whilst running successful businesses. In this podcast series, I'm bringing together different viewpoints and approaches about how we can create a better and more sustainable future, which is something I believe is particularly important now during this pandemic. Now more than ever, we have an opportunity to pause, reset and consider how we might consciously create a new normal, one that is sustainable and is good for us and the planet. In this episode, I'm delighted to be in conversation with Isabel Phillips. Isabel is a leadership and educational consultant and founder of Educative. She works to empower people in communication, collaboration and critical thinking and the skills needed in the 21st century workplace. I first met Isabel when she was the CEO of Common Purpose, a not-for-profit organisation that develops leaders who can cross boundaries. It's a rich and innovative programme and one that I, for one, certainly benefited from when I participated in this course. I also met Isabel when she helped me organise the Conscious Living Working Conference last year. And Isabel delivered a workshop, a very successful workshop at the conference on authentic leadership. I currently am working again with Isabel because she's one of my female entrepreneurs. She has joined my latest female entrepreneur group to get some support during this time of COVID in maintaining her work and maintaining her family life. She is a busy mother of two young, lively boys and also a very has a very successful business as well. And she runs these as well. So I'm delighted, Isabel. Thanks very much for taking the time to come here today. Thanks for having me on, Monica. Delighted to be here. So first of all, how have you been getting on during this pandemic time? What's it been like for you? Oh my goodness, it's been hectic. Um, And I think, like you said there, I'm running a business. We have two small boys, they're um, four and eight. And so the the usual juggle that's really challenging of juggling work and family and all that that entails has just been magnified because there's been no creche, there's been no childcare, there's been no school. And um, yeah, trying to trying to manage everything and keep a business going has been pretty hectic. But, you know, we're hanging on in there um, with occasional interruptions, but getting by. Very good. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, Isabel, about the work you do around leadership. And I know that your particular angle is authentic leadership. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what is authentic leadership? Yeah, super. Thanks, Monica. So authentic leadership is really about just understanding who you are and being true to yourself and bringing that to everything that you do. Being mindful of the planet, trying to be a good and responsible leader to ensure that when we move on, there are other people coming up behind us and that the the planet is still there and is thriving. 
And that's even more important at the moment. So I work with individuals and organisations to help support people to be the best that they can. Um, I work a lot with busy women who are juggling everything. Now, at the moment, some of that is on pause because busy women who are juggling everything are juggling everything and they have a lot more on their plate. But at the same time, making time for yourself in all of this is even more important. Leaning into your values, figuring out what's the most important to you when you have limited time, limited resources, you have to focus on what's the most important. Um, and from a personal perspective, that's one of the reasons that I joined your female entrepreneur group, because I can recognize that it's really important to find time for myself and my business in amongst everything else that's going on. And it's been really helpful. So thank you. Great. Thank you. No, it's been a pleasure to to have you in the group, Isabel. And what tips would you give to listeners, perhaps who are entrepreneurs and finding themselves having caring responsibilities, whether it's small kids or elderly parents or, you know, that kind of caring responsibilities and wanting to keep their own work going on as well. What what have you learned or what tips might you give us at this point? I spent a lot of time reflecting on that, Monica. Um, so trying to work out the best approach. And I think the most important thing, the most important lesson I've learned is don't should yourself. Don't say, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. Don't focus on the things that you're not getting to. Instead, look at what you are achieving, look at what you are managing. And when you're trying to set goals, be realistic about what you can achieve. Be kind to yourself. There's in, enough difficulty in the world without us beating ourselves up. So if you can be kind to yourself, focus on what's important. If you get one thing done in a day, that's amazing. Celebrate that. Don't beat yourself up for the four things that you wanted to do that you haven't got done. Redefine your productivity for the next day and aim for that one thing. Great. Thank you, Isabel. And that's a, a, quite a good phrase. All right. I don't know whether it's your own redefine your productivity. No, I think that those are really good tips. Um, and one that you hadn't mentioned, but I think it did come up when I was speaking to you before, was about the imp importance of getting support from wherever you can um, and you obviously joined our group because that was one avenue of support and to have the support of other women. But also you talked about getting relatives and parents-in-law and about the importance of recognising that it takes a village. And I know the village has been cut off to some extent during the pandemic, but now that things are opening up, I know that you were very clear about the need for extra support. Absolutely. So for me... Um support especially with the the boys is is absolutely essential and crucial to my well-being and um that was all cut off that all disappeared in a physical sense so for me during the lockdown the really important thing was reaching out to my support network and seeing what we could do so that meant extra video calls with grandparents and my family is in the UK so my kids would be used to video calls with some of their grandparents anyway. And it's definitely been more challenging for them not having physical contact with their other grandparents. But we're starting to get it now. Um, we, we're in the zone and allowed. So that's been super. Um, and then I think my priority as things open up will be to try and find that support. And that's important for my kids' well-being, that they have that contact with other people. But for myself as well, that I get some breaks 
but I'm really lucky and I've made a point of continuing my support networks through this. So um, uh, one of the things that I do is I run action learning groups. I'm an action learning facilitator and that's a form of peer group coaching. And I run groups for women who are in busy corporate roles who are also juggling family lives. And it's an opportunity to come together and to problem solve together and to have that space that's a safe space to work out some of those challenging challenges. And some of my action learning, other action learning facilitators and I have our own group um, that's a self-facilitated group, which gives us an opportunity to practice our skills and gives us a, a nice space as well. Um, and we've continued those groups, but online instead throughout and I've made a point of continuing those groups and then my friends um, have been amazing some of the the small friend groups I have of other parents who are managing the juggle and being able to have a nice safe space to vent and to talk about that and an opportunity then we're all being kind to each other and that's been really nice sending each other little things through the post checking in with each other making sure that we're all okay and that's been really helpful I think reaching out to support um, others and then reaching out to other people for support has been so valuable. That human connection is really important anyway, and even more so in this time when we've been prevented from physical connection to maintain that social and emotional connection to others through the technology that we have. Those are really uh, lovely and very practical solutions that you have or ideas that you have around navigating this time and I love what you're saying about trying not to shoot ourselves but all we should be achieving and uh, be value what you do do but what it points me to sort of wonder about are we going to is there going to be more of an overlap after this we're all trying to work from home mostly and there's this new term of parenting from work and that or working from parenting, whichever way it works, but that basically there is an overlap uh, in terms of our work lives and our family lives. Do you see, is that continuing, that that will be more of a thing going forward? I think it'll have to be. Um, we don't have a plan for the schools yet, so the employers are going to have to be flexible about people's working conditions. But So I think we're going to need to get creative and come back to the village that we used to have. So raising children takes a village. It takes a village to, for us to function as society. So if the children are only in school for a couple of days, if we're allowed to safely interact with each other, then I see an opportunity there for people to be sharing some of that childcare between each other, but also for workplaces to become more flexible. And that has all sorts of benefits. If everyone was working from home one day a week, that's 20% less traffic on the road. And that's brilliant for the planet and for the environment, if people are able to. I think what we're going to need to see from employers is proper flexibility around that and a change in how we look at work. So work isn't eight hours a day sitting in front of a computer, no matter what you're doing. Work is the tasks that you need to do. Um, Brené Brown is brilliant on this. She talks about being clear about what done looks like. So if you're an employer managing someone, you have a team around you, or even if you're planning your own work, to be clear on what you actually need to achieve. Because done is the tasks that you need to do in a day, whether that takes you two hours or eight hours. And I think a lot of us would spend time 
in some jobs, which, you know, we'd all have those days where you're sitting in front of a computer and you might be checking some social media sites, you might be checking what the latest special offers are at the shops, and you're just, you're getting through the day and you're getting your jobs done, but there's downtime. And we don't necessarily have the space for that downtime anymore, but that can lead to much more efficient ways of working. Absolutely. I think that's a wonderful phrase that you have there, even if it is from Brenny Brown, about to be clear what done is. And I remember years ago when I was setting out in this whole workplace wellness um, area that I was involved in, that uh, I think it's Carrie Cooper from the University of Man- Manchester used to say that that work gets expanded according to the number of hours and this whole thing about nine to five or then in the Celtic Tiger, it was like eight to eight or whatever, it became expanded out into that. And if to get anywhere in a company, you had to be seen working late. I often heard clients saying that, that, you know, my husband, and generally it was men who had to do it. And uh, that my husband stays in work till eight because he's he wants to get a promotion. So he has to be seen to be in work. So, I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful to that that was all revised and that, as you say, that it's more what, what, jobs get done and how quickly they get done is much more important than ours spent in the office. You know. Absolutely. And and that's where leaders in companies need to be walking the walk as well as talking the talk. So it's all very well for senior leadership to be talking about being family friendly and how they don't expect people to be in the office late and they don't expect people to be present all the time and that they understand that people have children or have other caring responsibilities and so need to be flexible. But if they're saying that while they're going into the office still and they're there until eight o'clock and they're maybe promoting people who promoting people who are there in the office all hours still, giving them more responsibility and maybe more attention and more rewards, then they're not following through on what they're saying. And I think we need to see the relationship between what people are talking about and what people are actually doing and that needs to come from the senior leadership so for the changes to happen in society leaders need to step up senior leaders need to be actually genuinely making the changes and they need to be doing it themselves as well lovely and hence your passion for authentic leadership clearly that ties into one of your key offerings as a trainer is around ensure uh, supporting people to walk the talk really and I can see behind you there who uh, the poster on your wall who who we are is how we lead so that also fits in with this uh, more congruent kind of way of being which and more authentic way of being and that there's no point in preaching about how things could be you need to actually do it for yourself isn't that really what you're saying there Absolutely. And that's a Brené Brown quote I have on the wall behind me as well. So, Oh, I see. Very good. <laughs> so who we are is how we lead. But I, I, but I think that's really true. Um, it, it comes in, it comes across and, and people want to be led by people who they know and like and who are genuine. And yeah, and the change to working from home has been really interesting, not because you get to see in everyone's bedrooms in the, the back of the Zoom calls, although that's been an interesting side effect. Um, but people are having to move more quickly and be a bit more agile in moving between family responsibilities and being at home. And so there has to be that that flexibility there. And that only works if you're comfortable with who you are. If you need to put on your big battle dress and get your work head on and your 
one way at home and trying to be a different way at the office, that's going to be really challenging. If you can get to a point where you're comfortable being who you are in your workspace as well, it's going to make things so much easier for everyone. Listening to you, Isabel, it reminds me when I had my first child 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and I could not believe that I could not tie these two worlds in, that I had to make a choice between going back into work full-time in a hospital Mm -hmm. or attending to being a mother at home. And I was so shocked that they were so separate and uh, that they they were just different worlds. And as you say, you had to put on a suit and a way of being as you went into work and then you came home and pick up the child from the crash and it was something else. And that they were so, so separate. And you would hope that now, as we've been forced to merge them together with the home working, that some of that will continue and that we are still the same person doing the work and being a mother, you know, or being a father, that there's still the same person inside and that there could be so much more merging of those worlds and so then humanising of the world of work as well. You'd hope that would come out of it, you know. Absolutely. And and that's a, that's a brilliant word, humanising the workplace, because that's really what it's about, because we are all humans. We all have our lives outside of the workplace. And if we can be open about that, we can be more effective with our time in the workplace. So if you have a family member who is sick, you're going to be worrying about them. And if you're able to share that in the workplace, your teammates, your manager, your colleagues, people can help support you in that. And then when things are going really well for you, if someone else is struggling with something, you can support each other in that. And overall, that increases productivity. But if you have people operating in these little silos where they're not working with each other, they're not talking to each other about all the challenges that they have because everyone has something, then you're going to be less efficient. So it, it doesn't benefit workspaces either. And it's not that people need to be coming to work and just sharing absolutely everything that's going on in their lives, but it's just around a little bit of humanity. You know, it would make life so much easier for me tomorrow if I could start work at 9.30 instead of 8.30 because I have to bring my child to an appointment. Um, Or it would make it so much easier for me if I started work at 9.30 because I know I'm much more effective if I've got a workout in and I've been able to go for a run in the morning and that's when I need to do it. And then when someone comes into work, they've dealt with the things that they need to do to make them more productive and they can give their full energy to their workspace. So it, it's around it, it, that managing that balance that supports efficient working as well. So it benefits everyone. Great, Isabel. Thank you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And then as I'm listening to you thinking, okay, well, maybe I could play devil's advocate here. Are there downsides to this? There must be some downsides. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember working with a company, it must have been on something around stress or mental health, and we're talking about flexible working. And then one of the HR managers was saying, but the problem is if we let people work two days a week, then they're going to start looking for three and four days per week. And you know, that fear that if you give... And I do think it's part of an old value system that let's not trust people, you know, because they're just going to take advantage of you. But this HR manager was really bothered that she was being, some staff members were saying, well, can't we not work three or four days from home? You know, and I, I, my reaction to it was, well, listen, it's their job to ask and it's your job to decide what's best for the company and what's best for the person that's asking. I don't know whether you have a comment on people taking advantage and staying in bed all day and getting paid or do you have any, you know, there's always, yeah, any comments on that? 
Yeah, that's always a fear. And, and you know, that's that's a reasonable concern as well in some cases, because there are some people who will try and take advantage of it. But that's where being clear about what done looks like is important and what the task is. So if you're getting your tasks done, if you're getting your job done, does it matter whether you're doing that in the office or from home? And there are some jobs where you do need to be in the office or you do need to be in a workplace because you're maybe in a customer facing role or there are some things that you need to be able to communicate with your colleagues easily for. So it is about finding the right balance for the job and for the individual. And the focus of a conversation always does need to be around the benefit of, of the work. But at the same time, it is all possible. If, if you're clear about what the job is, what the task is, what needs to be done, then that opens up that conversation. So if you can do your job in your pyjamas from your bed, maybe that's okay. I don't think many people can. I think we're generally better if we're up and dressed in some form. Um, but, you know, maybe that works for some people. If they can get the job done, does it really matter? If they're not getting the job done, then that's a different conversation. And that's a conversation about how they're not getting the job done and what supports they might need to, to enable them to make that happen. But you have a, a different focus to the conversation. Great. And I think if you're a parent of teenagers, you'll realise that a, can, a lot can be done in your pyjamas, <laughs> in bed with the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And look, these are the gen this is the generation that's coming into the workspace now. So like, you know, Gen Z and or Gen A now, the, the new one generation alpha is the new one. They're growing up learning this and look, that's fine. If they get the job done, great. If they can't, then then maybe we'll look at the other way of doing things. But we have to be able to adapt and change. Yeah. And tell me, have you noticed any uh, changes in the work that's coming in to you around your leadership training? Has there been anything interesting of note? You know, what are the new issues uh, coming in at this time for you? So working from home is growing. Yes. Uh... <laughs> that will come as no surprise to anyone. So some of the work I do is around change management, um, around use of new work from home technologies or, or work from home technologies that are maybe new to an organisation. So um, definitely seeing a growth in, in that and people understanding the, the tools that are out there for that, the cloud-based tools. So doing some work around change management for that. And then in terms of the leadership development working, it's around, it's mostly around the change um, the changes in how things are going now. But I think people are recognising the value of coaching and the value of the individual support that that provides and supporting people to set their own goals, work out what's needed for them. Um, it's more of an individual approach than a group approach, which reflects the different situations that we're all in. Everyone's family situation is different. And so there's almost more of a need to for an individual supportive approach to leadership development rather than everyone receiving exactly the same training at the same time. Interesting, interesting. And as you're also demonstrating though that there is a lot of support going on and a lot of networking even though people may be getting the individual coaching there is a lot of networking and group support as well being provided and sought out isn't there? There is, and that's that's brilliant and really necessary yeah. and great for organisations to be providing space for that. I think that's something that organisations are seeing the need to invest in now. So if you can provide a sort of less formal but still 
supportive and work-based um, space for people to help overcome challenges that they're facing. We, we still need that connection. So companies are tackling it in different ways. So there's, there's people organising group quizzes on Zoom or um, having morning tea on video by video. And that's recognising some of the really important parts of the workplace that are missing at the moment. And that's really lovely to see. It's not the same. But it's it's what we have. It's something that we have. That's right. That's and for some for some people, that's it's easier as well. So for people who maybe are more introverted, who find it quite challenging to walk into a room full of people and network that way, you can be part of something and participate on a more equal footing if everyone is in the video setup, if everyone is in the same room. So there are advantages to it as well. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um. Yes, I think we're now at the a point of re-emerging into this, I know it's a cliched word, but this new normal, I think it's a really important to think about how can we do things differently and are we going to be more flexible and flexible as um, leaders around our expectations? And then your comments are also very interesting about the need to uh, redefine productivity and just to be kind to herself, ourselves and be gentle and recognizing what we do achieve in a day and sometimes that might mean lowering our expectations and the other aspect of that that I think that you didn't might perhaps didn't mention was that um to remember that um our what we achieve in a day if we're working from home might be something to do with minding our kids or making a nice dinner as well as doing the jobs that needed to be done as well the work jobs you know that the with the overlap that to acknowledge all that we did and all we achieved and valuing what we do do, yeah. Yeah, because we're, you know, we're more than just a to-do list. Yes. And we tend to not write down many of the things that we do. And I think it's it's good to reflect and acknowledge those sometimes. Brilliant. This is about, thank you so much indeed. It was an absolute pleasure and to chat to you and very insightful. And I'm sure our listeners have come away with quite a few pointers around uh, what it's like to be a female entrepreneur and to be juggling and navigating this time as a busy mum. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Monica.